between you and me, right where you are right in this moment, is exactly where you were meant to be. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome to the Joygasmic Life Podcast. I am your hostess, Elena Harder, and I am so glad to have you here today. If you are an awakening woman, a conscious mother, a woman on a journey to bring about the best for your family and create an enlightened experience of being a child and a woman and a mother and partner in your world, I absolutely I'm so grateful and so glad that you have found your way here. This podcast collects not only my own personal stories, things I would have done better had I known better, but also the beautiful stories of many hundreds of other women and men who have been through the consciousness awakening journey, who are here to share their stories, to inspire you to know that you can recover from mental health challenges, from postpartum depression, from challenges with traumatic births and just the life in 21st century, as well as beautiful, actionable tips, exercises where we walk you through practical things that have really helped us and the journey of becoming a joygasmic mother, one who handles absolutely every challenge with grace and ease and understands that everything is here to awaken her deeper, to create more empowerment and more pleasure in her life, even the challenging things. So that sounds juicy. Listen up because we have got a wonderful episode for you today. Fully harnessing the joygasmic potential of your body and yourself. Anything is possible. And especially we are here to tell you that deep and fulfilling love is possible and is available for you when you choose that for yourself. Okay. Welcome to the Joygasmic Life Podcast. Today's guest is Sonia. Sonia was born conscious of being energy in a human body. Her life has been incredibly difficult, starting about age 10, being very sick, disconnected, fragmented, and clearing ancestral programs and generations of lessons. Through this difficulty, she was called back into the heart center. Living from your heart center is the simple feeling of awareness of presence, a relaxed feeling where we allow ourselves to be in the present moment. This is how Sonia guides people through healing the ego, through healing the ego, the fears, the past, the anticipation of future to heal themselves, to be fully present right here, right now through compassion, empathy, and inner strength. Sonia is trained and certified through many schools, teachers, and life experiences in multiple healing modalities and uses all of her healing gifts and abilities during her sessions to create the most in-depth healing sessions. She calls it QHH, healing through the heart. Sonia is a quantum hypnotist, medical intuitive, psychic medium, nutritionist, cleanse counselor, aromatherapist, body worker, energy healer, light linguist, clear channel, yogi, yoga teacher, life guide, and conscious parent. Woo, that's an impressive list. Uh, She uses light language, energy healing, and crystals to create higher vibrations and to clear old energies and programs and help all who desire her help to raise their vibrations. You can book sessions with Sonia at her website, soniawilderwellness.com. She also has a YouTube channel and um, with lots of connections to it there. And there's always, as always, there's information about how to connect with her more in the show notes. Without further ado, here is the interview with Sonia. I hope you enjoy. 
Beautiful. Well, welcome, Sonia, to the Joygasmic Life podcast. So glad to have you here today. Um, we got connected through actually my partner, Daniel, who had been doing some uh, quantum healing hypnosis technique with you and doing some exchanges. And he said, she's talking about starseed babies. She's talking about her own experience as a conscious parent. And I went and looked at your website with all the, just like the plethora of tools that you've studied over the years. I was like, wow, I got to talk to this lady too. So here we are. And I'm really grateful to have you on the show today. Thank you, Elena, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. This is super cool. Yeah. Oh, so good. So before we dive in, because I know we're going to talk about plant-based nutrition and conscious parenting and star seeds and light language and all that stuff. But before we get into all that, like, how did this journey start for you? How did you start getting into all of this? What happened? Um, as a kid, I mean, I grew up in kind of a starseed family. I was born in the 60s and I grew up in the in late 60s into the 70s. Okay. Star Trek, new James T. Kirk, all of that. We were obsessed with that when Star Wars came out in 77. I mean, we had we had to be the first ones there at the opening weekend. Um, we always we always remembered. I have a feeling that what we chose as a family, except for my dad, who's a minister. Yes. And that makes total sense that my dad's a minister. I know. Yeah. Um, my mom, my mom is the sun and moon in Scorpio and she's super psychic and she's not anymore. She has Alzheimer's and she's going and that's OK. But my mom was always very tuned in and I'm the youngest of three. My brother and sister and I, we were just always really verbal. We're, we're a very verbal family. We're very throat chakra dominant and oriented. And my parents are therapists in many ways. My dad being a minister is a counselor. And my mom went and got training and certification in social work and did work with him in his church. And okay. they would come home and analyze everybody during dinner. And, but they would talk about people on an energetic level. I thought that was normal. I thought everybody's family talked about people on a soul level or what kind of energy did you feel from them? Or, oh, you know, I could tell he was feeling this or, I mean, they would just talk that way. And that was just normal for us. And then yeah. when we started talking with other families and I'm like, I don't think people are talking this way. We also, levitation was a normal thing in my family. We would have fun playing with, we were very telepathic. My dad was the only one who was left out on that. So my brother and sister and I, particularly my sister and I, my sister and I were Gemini Virgo rising twins. We were born, I was born three years and two days after her. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So because of that, my sister and I were very, very telepathic, but we didn't really know how to control it. So we'd be having this conversation, like we'd be looking, we'd be sitting at the lake, a group of the Great Lakes states. And because I was born, I was born in the same place where your, your partner was. I was born in Ishpeming, Michigan, in the UP. I know. Isn't that funny? Along <laughs> so well, you got this like, woo! Yeah. So like, you know, we're up there. And like, it's the Aurora Borealis time in August. And my sister and I are just out there with my family watching the Northern Lights. And like, we're having this huge conversation. Oh, look at that. Look at the color. Oh, wow. Oh, isn't that just amazing? What do you think of that, Julie? And then I turn and look at her and she'd answer me, but her mouth wasn't moving. Mm. And I'd go, oh, and she'd go, oh, and then we'd lose it. <laughs> I'd like, we're doing it. And then we'd be talking with her mouth and we're like, damn it, let's get it back again. And we couldn't, we couldn't figure out, but it happened all throughout our lives. My brother and I were really good at levitating. My brother was really, he loved to just sit there and practice with like a little tea candle on the table with his finger underneath the table and move the tea light mm. just by his finger. And he would go watch girls <laughs> and he'd just do that. And we're like, 
oh, that's cool. Didn't we see that on whatever, whatever sci-fi show? Yeah, I thought I'd try it. So that's what we did. We were obsessed with sci-fi. And then we wanted to try what they were doing and we could do some of it. So my sister and I like to be witches and at Halloween. And we used to have a lot of slumber parties. You had a lot of slumber parties back in the 70s. We used to like to play hypnosis games, light as a feather, stiff as a board. So we hypnotized the girls. And then my sister and I would lift them up, lift up one body at a time with just her index finger, me on the head, my sister on the feet. And and we'd have pillows underneath and all the girls were like, oh my God, that's amazing. We bring them back down and hypnotize them. And they were like, you guys are witches. You're casting spells. That was a cool thing back then. Yeah. (laughs) And we we were like, oh, that's our star power. Mm. Star power. So we knew we were witches from other lives. We also remember, we remembered a life on a planet that was like earth, that was oceanic that had land that had a, a field of wildflowers and a treehouse community in the forest. And I eventually learned that serious a serious, mm. but my sister and I would remember it. And so we'd go out into the lake in the UP where we grew up on in the Upper peninsula of Michigan. And we would just be bobbing in the lake in the summertime. And she would start to say, let's see if the gills come out from behind our ears when we go underwater. Oh, yes. I remember that. Okay. So we go under the water. We'd stare at each other, holding our breath and we're waiting for the gills to pop out. And then after a while we'd come back up and she'd go, don't you remember that would happen when you go under the water and your gills come out and they're all up and down the sides of your neck too. And I'm like, yeah, why doesn't that happen? She goes, these bodies are so dumb. And <laughs> like that was just, those were like an example of all the little things. Or my sister and I would speak light language to each other in our, in our head and we would stand there, we'd and we'd go in a light language and then we'd speak it out loud and then we'd laugh and everybody would just go, what are you guys doing? And my mom would say, they're not fraternal twins. They're not identical twins, but they're Gemini twins. And they <clears throat> act like twins a lot. But when <clears throat> we would talk in front of my mom about all of our star abilities, our gifts, my mom would go, oh, yeah, I used to do that when I was a kid with my sister. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. So you had, like, really, like, parental support. Well, uh, yeah. My mom used to take us to the mall. We grew up in the very first mall in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The, the um, Southdale Mall was the very first mall ever created on the planet. And that we lived near it. So my mom used to take us to the mall on a Saturday. And we would get really cheap hot dogs and sit on the bench. And my mom would have us people watch. She would have us people watch. And she would go, okay, kids. What do you feel from that person? I feel like, and she, like my mom would see somebody's, oh, look at her energy. Mm. She feels sad to me. How does she feel to you? And my mom and I, my mom and my sister, and my brother and I would feel everybody's energy and we'd get stories from them and we'd verbalize it to each other. She would say, oh, I know that man's going through a divorce. Can you feel that from him? So mm. that was just a normal thing that we did on Saturdays. We would right. literally go to the mall, shop, sit and people watch. And then we would, we practice feeling and knowing about them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've got like a lot of support from here. You had what I would call DSPs, very strange parents. I came up with this acronym when I was thinking in terms of our kids and I'm just like, man, we got some weird parents going on here, but like, that's beautiful because what that does is it then encourages the next generation to come through with even stronger versions of those gifts, uh, you know, and clear in what it is that they're, 
they're doing. So let's talk about your kids because you you mentioned I saw watched one of your YouTube videos. You've got a 17 year old or something like that. You've got I do. That's my youngest. My oldest is 24. My middle child, uh, Mars, is 21, and my youngest, Kyan, is 17. So it's Colby, Mars, and Kyan. And my middle child is queer, is transgender, female to male, from Marissa to Mars. Okay, nice. Yeah, and they are massive star scenes. <laughs> they don't they don't really like to admit it that much. Mars does. Mars is like, it's queer. I'm gonna be a star seed. Yeah. 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 So and what's your journey like in terms of conscious parenting them or sort of passing those gifts on or passing that? Well, it's a long story and I'm not gonna give you every single detail. We'll be talking forever. However, I, let me let me succinct it because make it succinct because I've told this story many, many times. Yeah. Because other star seed parents come to me for mentoring in my sessions. So when I was a small child, I knew I would have six children. I was told by my higher self during my dream time from the time I was probably one, because I remember my birth and I remember all growing up. I remember all of that. And I was told I would have six children. I wasn't told that I would have six children and only three would live. Mm. So I had six kids, three lived. I had one stillbirth and it was my vibration. What I know now is it's my vibration that had to adjust to the higher vibration of the soul coming in. So this is key for people, for light workers, starseeds, weight showers, blah, 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 all those labels. It's key for all of us to understand when we have miscarriages, because a lot of light workers have miscarriages easily. And yeah. they don't know why? Why? Because you have to be a vibrational match for your higher soul you're bringing in. And a lot of the time, it is not the case. So there's a higher incidents I've noticed of light workers having miscarriages and stillbirths than the average human. Hmm. Hmm. And it's, it's all about vibration. So I knew from the time I was a teenager that I was then going to have four kids and I had four babies. Then when I got to be in my twenties and I was a nanny as my, one of my survival jobs from performing, I was like, it's going to be three. Then when I was 20 and I was, I was, and I had a Broadway career and that's a whole nother podcast, but I was, I was dancing. I had, I had come out off the stage and I suddenly had this feeling that, and it just, I was feeling my babies. And I was in a relationship with a guy at the time that I was told by a psychic that I was working with, do not have a child with him because you have a soul that wants to come in. And this is not the right man for you to bring him in with. <laughs> and from that reading with her, I was like, water birth that came in through my meditation water birth then miraculously universe aligned me with a woman who was from russia where they were giving birth in dolphin in the dolphin areas where dolphins swim in russia uh elena Tatyatova. I, I was literally just stuff this morning and I, i'm like i have to watch this documentary again i encountered yeah. it like 10 years ago wow. i watched it. i watched it and i was like I have to have dolphin babies. And that's when Sirius was coming in for me a lot. Yeah. And I was very connected to the dolphins when I was about 18, 19, 20, 21. And I was in New York City at the time. It was, Elena, as it is for many of us, it was an obsession. Mm. Whales and mer beings. And I was having memories of being a mer being. And just like the way my body felt and... And being dolphin, being a dolphin and being a whale and what that felt like. And I was like, I have to give birth to my children at home under the water, or I have to give birth to them at least, you know, out with dolphins. So fast forward all of that from when I was like 1920 to when I met my kid's father when I was 27. Okay. And 
he also had the same calling. Mm. One of the reasons why I knew that we were supposed to have children together. Cause he's like, I have been reading about water birds and I'm like, ding, 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 ding. And two of my three kids had already come to me on the soul level. How many men read about birth at all? Never mind birth in the, uh, what would have been like the mid, late, late mid nineties or whatever. Right. It was, it was, I met the kid's father in 1995 and we came together fast. It was just magnetic attraction. It was very karmic. And my two out of our three kids, their souls. So Colby, my oldest is my mom's fourth pregnancy and she miscarried him. Mm, And so he came in and told us that when he was about 15 months old. Okay. He knew it was a boy. He kept calling her mom. And then he kept going, oh, I keep forgetting you're my Nana. You're not my mom. You would have been my mom, but I chose mommy as my mom and not my sister. And my mom was like, oh, oh my God, I felt so guilty because I lost you and I didn't want you. And oh my God. And he's like, well, why are you crying? I'm your grandchild. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like a year and a half and just like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, he was speaking at 12 months of age. Sentences. So a lot of starseed kids will come in that way too. They'll come in speaking. The hyperlingual is part of it, right? Super, super hyperlingual. They'll also come in sometimes writing and speaking light language. My youngest did. Mm-hmm. So I when, I, when I came together with their father, we knew we were having kids au naturel. I was like, no medical. I was non-allopathic anyway. I was just like, I was seriously anti. I'm not anti anymore. I don't use the allopathic medical system at all, but I'm not anti about it anymore. But I was then I was just like down with blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if I was going to go get my filling, I was going to put clove oil on there and nobody was going to be injecting me with a bunch of stuff. And I wasn't going to take any of that. So the birds were had to be at home in the water. Then I learned about putting lavender spectral lights in the space in order to help their vibration. So we did that. We got those spectral lights. Yeah, you're going to want to do that. That's really important. So we did that with Colby. (laughs) Write that down. Get the spectral lavender bulbs. And so what that does is that brings, that opens up their crown chakra more easily because it's the color of the crown. It helps them to get into the body more easily. It's Mm. also a softer light when you're, whether you're doing home water birth or water birth or clinic water birth or whatever, it really helps their eyes. It helps. It's a, it's a higher vibration. It helps them to acclimate into a denser vibration. So they don't cry as much because they cry because it's so freaking hard to come into these bodies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, spe- the spectral light helps. So we had that for Colby. Um, we could not get to the Bahamas to do the dolphin birds, even though we knew about it. We just couldn't get there. We didn't have the money. It didn't align. Yeah. So the ocean birth did not happen. So we rented um, a birthing tub from Water Birth International, which happens to be here in Portland Metro in Oregon. And yes. they had a different name at the time. So my parents rented the tub for us for $150 for each child as a gift for the birth. Yeah. So they were all home water births. And Colby was fascinating. When I was birthing him, I was getting, it was a long birth. And when I finally was able to start to really get his head out, out of the left side of my peripheral, I saw a portal of white light open up and a white, white light shoot out, came around and smacked right in my back. And that's when he entered my body. Wow. And I immediately, but like I was verbalizing the whole thing. Their father yeah. was holding me up. I was exhausted. I'd been laboring for three, three days and eight hours. So I was like, oh my God. And um, um, he came in, Colby came in sentient 
He, his head never flopped. His spine was erect. He came in ready to go, speaking at three months. Hi, mama. Hi, mama. Hi, mama. He was present. He knew exactly what was going on. He was looking at spirits. Their father's mother had already crossed, and she was always behind me, and he was seeing her, and we called her grandma, and he kept going, gamma, gamma. Um, he kept pointing. He would see his, his higher self, whose name is Alicia. He called her Alicia. He basically was so aware. He was seeing ghosts. He was seeing spirits who'd crossed to the other side. He was seeing animals that had crossed. He was seeing different dimensions. He was hypersensitive. Didn't same the same starseed kid story. I don't like tags in the clothes. Clothes have to be mostly organic, if not organic. Toys have to be wood, not plastic. Blah 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 blah. We did all of that for our kids. Their food. I only breastfed my kids. They never had a bottle. I washed cloth diapers, cloth wipes, and diaper covers in 20 mule team borax and back out bio clean back out every other day for 10 years my kids never wore disposable they never had a bottle they never had a binky it was always my breast i wore them on my body and they yeah. slept with us until they didn't want to all of that we did all of that their first food was banana or avocado with my breast milk in it um yeah. so we were those that kind of family that urban hippie family <laughs> thank you right it's just like yeah, it was normal that's normal we were normal <laughs> normal human parenting unless you've been like massively you know programmed into all of the consumerist crap that's happened yeah like my mom bought everything we, we got organic clothing for them as newborns from the Gaim company and uh, which was new back then and um my mom then bought everything thrift and we're very thrifty we're minimalists and so everything was just we just did everything really really natural we happened to live in a small city portland was small at the time so fast forward trying to get pregnant with Mars, who's now Mars, and went through a lot of miscarriages, hence all these pregnancies that I had because my vibration was not matching their vibration and they were twins. It was Marissa and Mars, male and female in utero. And Mars just, his body didn't develop. So Marissa told us this when they became pansexual, non-binary, gender neutral at age 13, and they uh. became M, the letter M, because we were looking for a name for Marissa. So we just did M, and they said to me, I absorbed him in utero. So there were two heartbeats, and then at three months, I bled out, and then there was only one. Mm. And he went into her body. So he has her body. He's taken her body over, and I'm sharing this because... I have had several clients, Elena, who have also had the same situation. Wow. Yeah. So Marissa Mars were born in 2000, the year of the metal dragon in Chinese astrology. And every, every soul who came in that year between February of 2000 and February of 2001 during the metal dragon all seemed to be queer. All these kids seemed to be queer and they all seemed to most have been twin births and only one made it. Wow. That's wild. That's what you Go ahead. Oh, just which years in there? 2000, February 2000 to February 20, 2001. Wow. It was the year of the metal dragon in Chinese astrology. And they're, and they're all artists. So Mars is hypergalactic. Mars <laughs> is queer. Mars is female going to male, takes testosterone, has facial hair, um, is very petite, is an animator. And Mars's art is the most unique, the most starseed out of this world. And Mars is, just loves being as queer as possible. A lot of starseeds in Gen Z love, being, love identifying as queer. Yeah. And why do you think that 
Any, like, do you have any thoughts based on your personal experience or helping other they people? They came in to help bring both genders back into the body to help us to integrate and to realize that we are actually whole right now, because we're always seeking it. What they do is they help us to heal codependency Hmm. because we're codependent because we feel that that opposite sex, or if you are homosexual, that same sex is going to fulfill that aspect of yourself. You haven't tuned into yet. So when we are taught by the patriarchy that you can only be female or you can only be male and you can only be attracted to the opposite sex and that fear-based control and we damn the feminine and the patriarchy, what happens is that we cut off from our own inner masculine and our own inner feminine and we're both. I am a healthy feminine because I'm a healthy masculine. And I love the man within myself. I don't identify as a woman. I am attracted to men. But I did have a couple of girlfriends when I was growing up. And I realized through having a couple of girlfriends that I was not attracted to the feminine, but I Mm -hmm. needed to see that aspect of my feminine. And I feel like a lot of starseeds, no matter what age they're at, have a tendency to be more open to their own sexual diverse expressions. Yeah. Yeah. a huge part of that is because, you know, if, if we go with the theory that the, the soul is coming from elsewhere, from another planet to Earth, like other planets don't have the repressive sexual mores that like Earth humans. Well, this- they don't have duality. They oh, don't have duality. This is a duality planet. This is a tough freaking planet. You already know that. So <laughs> they don't have duality. We're learning through duality here. But though most other planets have, have already ascended higher in vibration than that. And what yeah. I'm told on, from my clients, higher selves, and what I'm told by my own guides, my own team, is that there's only two other planets that are denser in vibration than Earth. <clears throat> two. And those are getting helped as well. But this is one of the hardest planets that's ever been created. <sighs> and so what is going on with the, like the Gen Z starseeds? Yeah. I'm not even going to talk about the millennial starseeds because it's the Gen Z starseeds after them that seem to really embrace their gender neutrality, that integration of masculine and feminine. And they're really teaching through their own, their own life. You are whole. I don't like Mars will say to me, I don't need him to complete me. I am complete. Mars was looking for their father because their father left our lives years and years ago. And Mars is like always searching for the dad to replace their father. And Mars just recently in their 20th year, because they just turned 21, October 11th, in their, in their 20th year here, they learned, I don't need to seek a dad. I am my dad. Hmm. And it's from embracing their masculinity that's actually helped them to come to that because Marissa was looking for, and, and Mars and I've talked about this verbally. Mars is like, as Marissa, I was looking for my daddy hmm. and he abandoned, but I, but from and Mars is like and not everybody has to do this but I needed to do this I needed to become the masculine physically in order to realize I am the masculine I don't need to find him without so what I perceive Elena is that what I've learned from people I've talked to who have that generation of starseeds they're here to help us to heal this perception of separation right they're very very powerful and I mean being pregnant with with Marissa Mars was not fun at all. I am finding that it is, it was not fun for me to be pregnant with starseeds, high <laughs> maintenance pregnancies, 
the cravings were completely whacked. I don't like sharing my internal body anyway. I loved having my kids and I loved breastfeeding, but I was not great pregnant, but they're tough. They're hard and they're birds. Oh my gosh, forget it. So Kyan, my youngest, Kyan is Yoruban Nigerian for celebrated long hoped for child because my third baby was a stillbirth, my third son mm. or my second son. So Kyan came in born in the sack with the call, C-A-U-L over his face, a sign of the psychic. I had to pop the sack. It was too painful. Couldn't do it. Our Dr. Liz, our naturopathic midwife, she's like on his, on his file. She's like, I'm marking born with the call psychic. And she's like, okay, pop it now so you can get him out. So he was born. The other two were in the water with me. Same thing with Colby. Colby was in the water with, with me when Mars was born. And same with the other two in the water with Kyan was born. And he came out glowing white. And this wasn't just from the vernix cassiosa on his skin. He was glowing. He was a, I'd asked for a bodhisattva. I got one. Mm-hmm. He came in high maintenance, was talking to all of my family in dream time while I was pregnant with him. And I wasn't going to give him the name and blah, blah, blah. And he, he came in powerful and I'll have to get it. Um, the light language behind me, there's a picture of an Arcturian, um, mm. the white one, the white one with the Arcturian. Okay. Yeah. That's, Kyan's, that's one of Kyan's Arcturian guides, his self. That came to him when he was eight and Kyan started transmedium channeling when he was two. My clients would come to our home for their sessions for body work and hands-on healing and it was my sons, Colby and Kyan, who would transmedium channel who these people, what their galactic star origins are. Wow. And give them a reading right there as they walk in the door. And Colby would go into trance and just start speaking to them in this adult voice as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old. And then my youngest, who was very tiny, would start looking up at their field and saying, oh, you look at that. You have all that green up there. And oh, you're oh, and this. And oh, that means that. And oh, this means this. And you really need to focus on red though, because you're not really in your body very much. And that would help you to breathe and focus on red. That would get you in your root. <laughs> wow. So Kyan started writing light language at age eight. He would wake up on a Saturday morning in a state of trance, kind of look at us, walk over to the table, sit down, and we had art supplies there. there. And he'd take out a piece of paper and literally go into it like this and be there for two hours. And then he would have sheets and sheets and sheets of green marker with written light language codes. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, and all of those experiences, you know, I'm sure you're just giving me like a tiny little uh, window into your tiny little window into the, the microcosm of your world. They're so, it's so much Elena. Yeah. We're out there and we're in here. (laughs) And people go, so one of the questions you, you said people ask you over and over and again, and why people come to seek you out to ask for your support. First of all, you've had three kids who are in this like very strange um, starseed category, right? Normal parents who haven't been through some sort of wake up spiritual journey, just like I'm sure feel really, really overwhelmed with symptoms or not symptoms, but like experiences like that. So is there a reason, like you said, people always ask like, why is my child different? You have thoughts on that? Well, this, and you know what, Elena, universe aligns it. Like I'll be at the health food store and the woman that works there will suddenly ask me a question and Mm. that question triggers the conversation. And it turns out she has a child who was born three months before Mars Mm. and it's her only child. This literally just happened two weeks ago. And she's like upset and she doesn't understand why. And my child's an artist. And I said, is your child pansexual? (gasps) Yes. 
Is your child born female? Oh, yes. Was your child born? And then I'll get, and then I'll start doing a little psychic. Was your, your child born on the 22nd? Yes. Well, that's 22 is master builder. That's a, that's a master number. Mm-hmm. And, and she's not speaking to me or they're not speaking to me right now. And are you chasing them? Yes. Are you chasing after them? Are you like trying to get them to communicate with you? Yes. Stop it. That generation doesn't like that. So mm-hmm. what I've learned about star seeds in general is they all flock together. Of course, they all want to be with each other because they understand each other. And online is their biggest communication tool. And so when their parents take the devices away from them, don't do that. That connects them with their people. They also understand the language of tech in a way that we don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the same effect on them that it does on us because they came in with those codes to be yeah. able to speak the tech language already activated. Yeah. They have more DNA activated than we do. So they, they came in with a certain level of autonomy mm-hmm. and we have to let them be them. And when you give them space... They will teach you so much about yourself. They will teach you that you have to learn to love yourself so much. It's not easy for them to love themselves because they are carrying so much ancestral wounding because they can handle it. Mm. We are as well. We're carrying a lot of ancestral wounding, but they can handle it more than we can. They're Mm. vibrating higher than we are. Also, not all starseeds are having their first life here. Like my kids Mm. have all had lives here. And they all know it because they've all had a quantum hypnosis session with me. And we asked our higher selves, like, Colby's had 1,195 Earth lives. My oldest. Mars has had five lives. All tragic. Mars was a female in all five of those lives and was a sex slave. Wow. Kyan's had 95 lives prior to this. And they were all horrible and tragic. Mm. So they all needed to come through a healer. I made a soul contract with all of them to come through me and to help them to heal. A lot of these star seeds that are older, a lot of them have had several lives on this planet and were really, really difficult. And these are super high vibrational souls and their soul actually has some damage. The fragmentation is damaged and they need to integrate. So they need, they need more nurturing. They need more space. They need clean food. Please give your star seeds clean food. They cannot handle the chemicals at all. Let's dive into that a little bit more clearly because that's some place where you and I line up really. Um, you know, I know my personal experience getting onto clean food, organic food, um, high density plant based nutrition was just Have like to. in terms of um, mental health and survival. <laughs> we can't, we can't handle, we cannot handle a, we can't handle petrol food. Petrol, you can't, we, anything that's from petroleum, we can't handle it. None of our right. vibrations can handle it. Number two, anything that has been microwaved is out (laughs) out completely out number three and and i'm gonna i mean i've been a raw foodie since spring equinox of 2007 and i've been a plant-based eater for over 30 years yeah so and my kids were born and raised plant-based and they went raw with me in 2007 none of them are still plant-based and none of them are raw they're on their own journey but that's how i started them for the first 15 years of their lives yeah. So they have that as a foundation and yeah. they, these kids cannot handle animal. It's too dense for their mm. bodies. They can't handle it. Now, some of them will eat it in order to get in their body. There are way better ways to get in your body and get grounded than eating animal. If you're going to go out and kill it yourself, fine. If you make that agreement between you and the animal, that's fine. I mean, we actually have a starseed family that are friends of ours that are hunters. 
Yeah. And they go out, they do a hunt every year and they literally do a whole indigenous asking for the animal to give up its life. And it does. And, and I totally respect that if they're going to eat meat, do it that way. But these kids, we can't, we're star seeds and we can't handle that low vibration. They especially can't. And mm -hmm. when you have star seeds, clean up their diet and give them a raw plant-based diet as raw as you can go. And you will watch your child relax and get really balanced. You'll watch them bring out their beautiful natural abilities that they came here to display and express and share with humanity. They yeah. will become more naturally telepathic. If you give them the low vibrational food, it will shut down their channels and they will not be able to express themselves in the way that they came here to do. They made a soul contract to come here and bring all of these wonderful talents and gifts from all these other star systems. And we all come from more than just one, obviously. And we came here to bring telepathy back in. That's our natural way of communicating. Yeah. It's too easy and levitation. Everybody should levitate naturally. Everybody should bilocate. Everybody should be able to remote view. Everybody should be able to be a medical intuitive. Everybody should be able to do psychic mediumship. I'm not special. I just developed mine more. It's a muscle that you have to use technically. Yeah. And they have it naturally. And if you keep their diet really clean and simple, mono meals. My kids were fruitarians for years when they were growing up. They loved it. And, it, and, and the system will go, oh, you're going to stunt their growth. They're not getting enough protein. <sighs> Don't listen to that. Yeah, um, that was one of the things you wanted to talk about. Where, where do you get protein as a raw food? Raw food, plantarian. Absorbable protein in everything that Mother Nature makes. These bodies are frugivore bodies naturally. They are not omnivore. They're not herbivore. They're not carnivore. They're frugivore. They are 99% gelatinous water, just like cactus. The fascia, the connective tissue, are just like all the little fibers that you find when you slice open a cactus and you see the same thing. They contain water in all of those little fibers. And these bodies have a 30 to 32 foot gut from mouth to rectum with way less hydrochloric acid in the liver and the gallbladder and the stomach than any other species on this planet. These bodies are meant to feed off of electricity. What holds electricity? Tree fruit first, number one. Anything that's highest to the sun and is getting all of that sunlight in it, you're going to get the most electricity from that. Also, we are going to want to pick something and eat it immediately. All species do. If mm -hmm. you have to spend so much time processing the food in order to make it digestible, it doesn't belong in your body. Mm -hmm. Food was designed to be simple for all species, no matter what. And a raw food diet is what all of the animal kingdom eats, the insect kingdom eats, the plant kingdom eats. Why are we eating raw food? It doesn't make any sense. So that's my, that's my spiel on that. But electricity Water is the conductor for electricity and you need the fiber also to conduct the electricity. So fruit, there's different categories of fruit. The fruit world is so diverse. Nuts are fruit, seeds are fruit, ground fruit, pumpkins are fruit, squash mm. are fruit, cucumbers are fruit. There's so many different varieties of fruits and there's not right. just a sweet variety. So you're going to get your protein like berries have a cup of blueberries have 10 grams of absorbable protein. A one ounce piece of steak has 22 grams of protein. You may absorb about nine of those grams of protein and your body will look at the rest as like, I can't digest this. And it'll, it'll waste so much. It takes so much energy for your body to do that. Whereas the 10 grams of protein in the blueberries, you're going to absorb all of that. And your body doesn't see it as a pathogen. 
Your body sees animals as a pathogen. Your body sees fruit as its natural fuel and it takes it in and you feel good. Yeah. And then all of your abilities come back on. This is one of the ways that I'm able to do the work that I do is the diet that I have. I also don't eat much. Nobody mm. needs to eat that much. So my kids, my middle child doesn't eat much. My middle child intermittent fasts naturally. And, and, and he just like, well, I talked to him about it. He's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I go like, oh, I still go like, oh, you, you need to eat breakfast. You need to eat breakfast. And it's like, well, by like noon, you need to eat breakfast by noon. <laughs> right? No, no, we don't need to eat till the end of the day. I don't eat until between four and 6 p.m. Hmm. Interesting. No. And I've been practicing that for since 2010 for about oh. 11 years. Yeah. You'll thrive. You'll get way more energy. Food is incredibly addictive. These bodies were not designed to eat every day. These bodies need rest and we don't give them rest. We mm -hmm. keep them moving. It takes at least 52% of your body's energy to digest, just to digest. So it can't get rid of all the other pathogens and all the other toxins and everything else that's going through it especially in the world that we have today. Come on, we're in World War III. This is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know with the intermittent fasting, I got into that probably three, four years ago. And it just, it was radically helpful to be like, oh, I don't need to eat as much food as I thought I did. And if I, if I actually shorten my eating window, if I reduce the amount of food that I'm eating, I actually feel a lot better. It was one of the things I was most scared about being pregnant because everybody talks about how much you eat. And, and it's like, well, I am like definitely second trimester. I am eating more food than I did before, but I think I'm still eating probably less than the average human eats and all of its high density, like plant-based foods. So it's like, I do a smoothie. I feel like, well, I do like two liters of smoothie in the morning. Yeah. Well, you'll need to, and you just have to listen to what your child needs. And as you know, this is being your, I'm guessing this is your second pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. And but they're completely different from the first one. Yeah. Oh, right. I mean life situation and everything is like radically, radically different. So. Everything is different. All of my pregnancies were completely different, including the ones I miscarried, which were a lot. Uh, they're all different. And you have to eat what the child demands. They will yeah. demand and you cannot ignore that it's a possession. Just <laughs> <laughs> literally like now, I mean, Colby's like, I need sauerkraut now. And I'm like, mommy hates sauerkraut. No. <laughs> sauerkraut give it to me and i'm eating sauerkraut and i'm like hating it but needing it at the same time and he loves sauerkraut and i hate it <laughs> my my oldest is like sour and fermented and salty and spicy and i i mean i'm literally eating raw chili peppers in my pregnancy with him in the second uh, trimester. i don't do that he does though and he still does wow that's so wild that's so wild so the diet is key because the more electricity your kids get from their food, the less they're going to eat, the less anybody's going to eat, period. And they can have this. The thing with starseeds and Colby, my oldest and I were talking about this last week when we were taking our hike in the forest. He, I said, you guys can handle electricity and technology in a way that the older generations cannot. And he goes, I know. So Here's my, of course, Colby was born during the Aquarian Convergence. He was born February 17th of 97, when there were five planets in Aquarius and four of them are in the Aquarius house of his chart. So he's very specific. So he's, yeah. the, he's Mr. Electricity. He literally would walk up to the, the panel, the electric panel. And that was right. And he was, he was a baby. He was walking at like nine months. And we didn't have the cover on it yet. And he literally would put his finger and take the plug and start to pull it out. And I'd go, oh, don't you dare, don't do that. And he'd look at me and he'd put his finger on it and he would just 
nothing, nothing would happen. He would just take it. And I'm like, what? Uh, and I look at his finger, it was red. And I'm like, what's going on? And he loved it. He thrived from touching <laughs> hot electric stuff. He could touch wires because he was like this engineering mind. And that was, and Mars is the same way. Mars can handle certain things on this planet that I've noticed that older generations cannot handle. Kyan, I mean, they, I like freak out on things and the three of them are looking at me and they're all quiet. They're looking at me like, what is your problem? wrong with you are you nuts and i'm like why would you do that and they just look at me they just start laughing and they're like we can handle it mom chill out <laughs> starseed kids are like that they can handle stuff that their parents cannot handle because they mm -hmm. vibrate higher mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um let, let's talk a little bit about medical intuitive because that was something you mentioned as well and i heard that term a couple times before but i've never actually met or talked with anybody who's in that realm what does that what does that mean to you and how does that interact with your parenting or with your work okay so being a med everybody's a medical intuitive it's just a matter of do you practice it or not and it yeah. all is about the claire of sentience claire sentience Claircognizance knowing helps with you with that as well, but it's really clairsentience that's the key, the feeling clair. Hmm. So being a medical intuitive is when you are in the space and you don't even have to be in the physical space. You are in an energetic space with another. It's much easier to do when you're working with a single person until you develop it and then you can work with groups. But when you're working with a single person and they could be distant from you, it doesn't matter. Energy is energy. Your field is reading the data in their field. Our electromagnetic fields have coding in them. They have data. Everything about you is in your field. Mm -hmm. Everything that is stored in your brain cells and in the cells in your body and in your DNA and in the Akashic records is in your field. And so being a medical intuitive, when you're in somebody else's field, you're going to be able to feel where they're holding on to grief pain, rage, sorrow, depression, all of that. And you're going to be able to tell if it's theirs from this life, from other lives, or if it's their ancestors, if it's a grandparent, if you can get really, really discerning, you have to practice this. You have to get very discerning on what information comes through. Your clairs are the conduit of communication between you and another. Clairvoyance has to be turned on. Use your imagination. Your imagination is your intuition. Mm -hmm. pictures and symbols will come off of somebody else's field at you and you read them immediately. You do not second guess. Second guessing comes from ego. That's left brain. You have mm -hmm. to use your right brain picture symbol intuitive side for this. That connects you to your higher self. The left brain will quiet down. It'll merge with the right brain. And then they become what's called the God brain. And that taps you into the Akash. Yes. The Akashic records. So, and it doesn't matter what practice you do. You could do yoga, you could do Qigong, you could do Tai Chi, you could do any martial art, you could do Falun Gong, you could do whatever. Whatever spiritual practice that's going to bring you into the breath, that's going to bring you into the present moment. Meditation is a key, but meditation is just a pause. Meditation mm -hmm. does not need to go on for hours and hours and hours. Blah to that. Meditation is a pause. Well, because people go, I can't meditate. Are you trying to be a Buddhist monk? They don't even meditate that long. Don't do that. Don't try to be a Buddhist monk. <laughs> That's not your path. <laughs> That's not your path. Meditation, two minutes, stop, breathe, feel, mm -hmm. listen, slow down your breath. 
Get your mental body in your auric field, your emotional body in your auric field, back into your heart center, heart chakra, and get all of the eight chakras, the eighth up here, which are the main, get the eight chakras to work and flow synergistically in balance because the heart is the center that's supposed to be the most open and brings you all the way up here so that you can tap into source, tap into the Akash. So you're reading another, you're tapped in, and you're starting to get codes from their field. Mm. And you're going to be able to feel... Are they holding on to a lot of rage? And the liver is mostly on the right side, but it goes all the way across to the left. But it starts here. Right side's your father's side. This is your ma masculine side. The left side's your mother's side. This is the feminine side. So stuff is coming off of your liver. Oh my gosh, this person has a lot of rage. If they have acne, that's coming from rage from the liver. Say that they've got um, jaundice, their yellow skin. So there's a lot of fear going on in the navel chakra, which is at the navel, the solar plexus chakra is actually at the stomach. And that goes into the 22 chakra system, which is another thing. However, when we're going into liver and I'm feeling, oh, I suddenly get heat in my body. I'm feeling hot and I'm feeling a tingling coming in my right side. And I'm like, oh, and then all of a sudden I hear father and all of a sudden I'll hear a name, Ted. I'm just giving you an example. Ted, what you're going to do as a medical intuitive is you're going to speak out to that person the first things that you get if you're in their presence. Who's Ted? Ted's my grandfather. Okay. Did Ted, and all of a sudden I'm going to smell smoke. Did Ted smoke? Yes. Did, and then sometimes I'll get a, a word, Winston. Did Ted, do you know if Ted smoked Winston cigarettes? I don't know. I guess I'll have to ask my dad if his dad smoked Winston's. And then he asks the dad and then sure enough, the dad says, yeah, my dad used to smoke Winston cigarettes. You can get it that accurate. So you can find out, okay, so you're holding on to your dad's father's rage here. What's the rage from? All of a sudden, I'm seeing a belt. I'm seeing a belt on a butt. Was, do you know if your grandfather was whipped with a belt? There's rage. There's childhood rage. We can help this person who's carrying their ancestor's rage to heal it. Right. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to go into the grid, and I'm going to do all of this reading. So then we're going to do we're going to do a color therapy, um, color frequency therapy on the liver, and we're going to ask the person. What color comes to mind that you want to use to heal your liver and heal Ted's rage, your paternal grandfather's rage that's expressing through your body because my client has an acne problem and they don't know why and they're smelling smoke all the time and they don't know why or they're craving smoking cigarettes and they don't know why. It's coming from the paternal grandfather. That's how medical intuition works. And that's how you can help others with it. You're literally going in to their internal organs and helping to heal either. And it could be past lives too. It could be future lives because all lives are happening simultaneously, or you could be helping them with ancestral wounds that mm. need to be healed. But you're healing them as a medical intuitive, or you're helping them to heal themselves as a medical intuitive by using all your clairs. Maybe I'll hear a name, maybe I'll feel something, maybe I'll know something. I'm going to verbalize all of that and speak all of that out so that I can help this person to become very clear on what's going on with their own body and how mm. they can heal it using color frequency, using maybe they want to use sound. Maybe that'll help their liver too. Clear out the rage. And then once we're done clearing out the rage, then we're going to use another color, usually golden light and white light. Maybe I'll call in their guys. Maybe I'll call in the angelic realm. And we're going to seal up that gap in their liver. And then we're going to bring in, like maybe we'll bring in energy medicine of aloe vera to cool it down and to soothe it. Mm. All of that is in all the realm of medical intuition. And a lot of that actually touches upon shamanic healing as well.
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's something that the individual can do on their own. But if they're not comfortable with their players or if they're not uh, you know, in touch with that, it can be very helpful to have somebody on the outside or a, th- a second or third person who's sort of providing that information, right? As we get more and more adept with that, we can do that sort of process. What's challenging, Elena, with people doing that on their own is we're still, right, as humanity, we're now in fourth density. We're in 4D as humanity. And we're still in a density. We're still in a heavier density. It's just everything's accelerated now. And when we're in third and fourth density in 2D and 1D as you know, plants and animals are are in 1D and 2D, we need a witness. It's very difficult for us to be able to step out of ourselves when we're adept at bilocating. We're Hmm. going to be able to heal ourselves because we're going to be able to mirror back to ourselves what's going on with ourselves. We're not there yet. Yeah. And so because we're not there yet, we need a witness. We Mm. need that. I'm my own healer. And so I mirror that back to my clients. I mirror that back to anybody who wants to see their healer through my mirror. Mm -hmm. And I help them because, I mean, if you go to traditional psychology, Freudian or Jungian psychology, they're going to sit there and they're just going to listen to you talk. But really, it's just a bounce back is all it is of your own stuff. But what the problem with clinical psychology or any of the any of this psychobabble stuff is that you're just going to keep looping the same stuff because there's no solution. Yeah, that's just talk therapy and talk therapy doesn't work because you're talking about the same stuff and you're just looping, looping, looping. Well, if anything, Can you get insight? The brain, the brain waves and neural patterns and say, like, I'm stuck in this pattern and all I can do is think and talk about it. And it's not. Yes. It's not Whereas having somebody you know, bring you into an, like having a healer, bring you into an imaginal space where you're then able to like do gestalt therapy or act out what it is that you're feeling or connect with the ancestral lines and go, okay, now we've cleared that out. And you're like, oh, like somebody did something about it. How incredible. And whether that's placebo energy, real, you know, it doesn't actually particularly matter because it has an effect on the person in that they now go like, instead of like, we did something about it. Now that you've done something about it, you've had the ritual and the symbol that says it can be different for me moving forward. And that in itself is healing. Absolutely. We, when we heal, we have to stop talking about what the problems were. Number one, we have to stop talking about the problems in humanity. I'm a solutions person. I'm here to bring solutions. I'm not going to talk about the current Nazi narrative. I'm not interested in talking about the current Nazi narrative because everybody's talking about the current Nazi narrative. Everybody's talking about it. I'm here to bring solutions. What can we do in order to get ourselves out of the system? Because if we're going to create a new earth, we actually have to take action to do that. And we can't keep complaining about what's happening. We have to actually take action to create the world that we want to. So when you're talking about healing, the same thing applies to healing. If you're healing an ancestral wound, let it come up, express it, emote it. Emoting is energy in motions. That is what emotions are, energy in motion. We have to allow our emotions to express themselves because that energy actually has codes in it. It has data that we want to learn from. And so when you allow yourself to express grief, there's information in there that you will store in literally the cells in your brain so that you don't need to experience that again. You are here to experience so that you can experience something else or something else. And so when you emote, let it out, then you don't need to talk about it anymore. If you're going to talk about it, you're going to bring it back on board because it's a program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Stop talking about it and you will heal it. 
But if you're going to keep talking about the same thing again, you're not going to heal it. You're just going to keep reintroducing it back into your psyche and you're running then the same program. People come to me all the time. I'm looping. I know you're looping because you keep talking about the old stuff. And so you're going to loop the old stuff because you keep talking about it. You keep focusing on it. Yeah. I don't want to attract so-and-so again. Then don't talk about or focus on so-and-so again. What do you want to attract? Yeah. What do we want? It's basic law of attraction. But it's so interesting, Elena, how people are still not getting this. They're still talking about the same stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the human brain is wired for like, where's the tiger? Avoid the tiger. Where's the tiger? Avoid the tiger. Right. Like, like there's actually still tigers hanging out. Oh, look here. There's a little tiger on my shoulder right there. It's like, no, it's just like that's real shit stuck on their shoulder or whatever. Right. It's not actual tigers. There's no actual tigers in most of Western civilization at this point. We don't need to. But there are ancestral type, right? There's like ancestral versions of tigers, the pain, the suffering, the unexpressed emotions, the, you know, all of these things that haven't happened. And you were talking about partner manifestations. Like um, there's this little story of, I remember between, between Colleen and Dan and the person I was dating beforehand, yeah. just like so shattered, right? So shattered. And we're talking about expressing this grief. And it was like, yeah, like grieving to the point where it's like, I'm actually grieving for like every woman who lost a partner in World War II, all millions of them. That's how deep we can be processing and holding the grief and then come back to center the next day or the next minute or the next whatever, right? Like, like yeah. we utilize that personal experience to, to process for the collective. And then we can go, thank you. I'm done processing for the collective. I'd like to go back to my normal life and not have to deal with that on a big level. Cause a lot of people are empathic and they're really struggling with uh, feeling the collective. Right. But it's like, oh if you're gosh, in, yes. if you're in a grief moment, dive into it. Like you, I, I say, you know, if you, you can feel 5% sad forever, but you can only feel a hundred percent sad for like three minutes maximum before your nervous system just goes like, please make it stop. And, and if you really dive into it and you really lean into it, it's like, you, you don't, you won't stay in it. Whereas if you're partially resisting it like, and like trying to get away from it, it'll just stay there. It'll stay there. It'll stay there. It'll stay there. So if you're, you know, in a, I say, if you're, if you've got a heartbreak, like let your heart crack open to the love that is the divine union that is really there. And then call in what you want. Like I used to imagine driving my car and we get to red light and I would like play with the back of Dan's neck. I didn't know his name was Dan. I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't know, but I sure know what that moment of being like, there was somebody there I could love on felt like. And, and I did that like every time I stopped at a red light because it was a heck of a lot better than thinking like, man, I'm still single. (laughs) (laughs) No. And you know, you can do what I've done is just also, and everybody needs to do this. And I'm sure you did this as well just become completely content with yourself. It, but the purpose of my being with me, and I don't think of myself as being single. I mean, I was married to my kid's father for 18 years. It was karmic, karmic. That's how intense it was. I'm so grateful to him. Do I want to talk to him much? No, but Nevertheless, he gave me the gift of my three kids and then he stepped out. He gave us the gift of leaving so that he wouldn't screw it up anymore. And <laughs> honestly, and I've, we've, we've talked about this since. So we've done, he and I have done so much healing around all of this. But for me, I was looking for him, him, him for so long. And actually with your partner, Daniel, we, that's when he's given me the sessions, quantum healing hypnosis sessions, that's been my focus with the two sessions that we've had is where is my man? And Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, very much so. And I'm like, okay, it has been 10 years that I have been with myself. And so I, then I'll always ask my higher self, what's the message? Be with you, be Mm. with you, be content with you and love you. Mm. And is there a man for me? Well, there has to be because I desire him. Universe will always make that, but I'm clearly still learning lessons about myself. And this is something that everybody who's especially light workers right now that are looking for partnership big time. And there's that whole twin flame thing. And we're not going to start on that right now, but I know that whole thing. And I'm like, you are your own twin flame. It's you. You're looking for you. Like that whole term in yoga guru, gee, you are you. You're looking for you. And in another, you're looking for you. When you become completely content with yourself and you love your time and love being with you, you're not going to care so much about having a partner. And then guess what? Universe gets to bring them in because mm-hmm. you're not seeking. I, I've planned a life with myself and cats and family and community. And if there's a man, there's a man. If there isn't, I mean, he's always within me. It's okay. Then it wasn't, that wasn't the higher plan. Mm-hmm. That we, ha- we all have to get to that point because in the lower densities on this planet, we are always seeking that partnership. Do we do better in partnership? I do believe that we do when it's a healthy partnership, we do. Yeah, if, it's are we health- meant to- if it's a healthy partnership, like it doesn't help. <laughs> no, if it's not healthy, well, if it's not healthy, it's showing you these parts of yourself that you need to learn to love, which is what my, my marriage did. It was teaching me to learn to love parts of myself that I wasn't loving, that I was judging. Yeah. And I did that and I stopped judging them. But we are meant to be community and community. We are as, you know, we're community oriented species. We're not meant to be singular, but there's a reason why all of these light workers are single right now because they have to learn to love themselves. Mm. And the starseed kids help us with that. Totally help us with that. How do you, how do you see them helping with that? Okay, so my kids are my teachers. All children are parents' teachers. You know that from your son. Daniel's told me quite a bit about your son. Uh-huh. He's, he's brilliant, obviously, and incredibly wise. Yeah. My kids, when we come in, we are fresh from the astral realm. And we come in, and remember, it takes, it, for us, it took about seven to eight years for us to come into the body, the first seven to eight years. With starseed kids, it takes them more like eight to 10 years to come into the body fully <laughs> and really acclimate into the body. And they're so sensitive, they don't necessarily feel safe. They'll spend a lot of time up here, which is why the technology is very appealing to them. The tech, the tech keeps them in the crown chakra and then slightly above in the halo. And for them, when they come in, they have so much wisdom. Tap into it. Ask your starseed kids who, what, where, why, when, and how. These six questions you should be always using as conversational pieces anyway. They're the foundational questions I use for all of my sessions, for all conversations. Who, what, when, where, why, how. You ask your kids, who were you before you were blah, blah, blah. What was it like when you were in my uterus or when you were in mom's uterus? Where were you before you were here? What was your life like before you became this person? And ask them when they're young. Mm. They will tell you all kinds of amazing things and have a journal. I had a spiritual journal for each one of my children. Mm. And I wrote down everything that they said. And my oldest has his journal. And he's like, I don't even remember saying that. I'm like, you were too. I'm not surprised that you don't remember saying that. He's (laughs) like, 
he's using his own journal from the first 12 years of his, of his life as a reference for him now in his 20s. Mm, mm-hmm. It's his own guide for him. Yeah. Yeah. Because all that information is still there. It's available. We don't have to forget it. And like, this is one of the reasons we chose to homeschool is like, we're not interrupting that process. We're not going like, okay, you're five time to go like deal with the real world. It's like, no, like let's give you till you're 14 movies through that first like quarter of the set or the first half of the Saturn return and let you explore life. And then from that point, like how can you take that information and integrate it into your, your next phase of life and really bring it, bring forth all those messages and all that wisdom and all the, all the sort of information you've gained along the way to really create and, and move into that and how beautiful to have that opportunity as a child, instead of like healing and feeling and, you know, unfucking your life in your mid twenties. Absolutely. I homeschooled my kids <laughs> and they chose to go to the school system and I had to deprogram them constantly when they came out and they wanted to go to public high school. My youngest is still finishing his senior year in public high school. It's awful. And he's, he's like, they, they felt like it was this big accomplishment that they wanted to make because Colby, my oldest said to me when he was a sophomore in high school, he's, I said, why are you doing this? Like, why are you going to public high school? It's basically everything that I never, ever wanted you to learn. And he said, mom, how do you think I'm going to ever be able to interact and help all of my peers who don't know that they're star seeds how am I ever going to be able to help them if I can't relate to them in the way that they grew up? You have raised us so uniquely that I'm such a freak of nature with my peers that they're just like, I can't even, I can't even fathom what you know. So he's yeah. like, at least I can identify with them in this way and say, oh, I know. I remember that. Oh, public high school. He's 24 now. He, all of his peers they're in his 30s. He doesn't even attract people who are in their 20s because he's so wise. He's yeah. with people who are older than him. He is the wise man of the house, of the community house he lives in. All their friends all come over to see what would Colby say. Colby's the counselor for all of them. And even then, he's like, doesn't matter if I smoke weed with them. Doesn't matter if I drink with them. Doesn't matter if all of that. I'm still completely different from all of them. He's like, I realize now that my wanting to go to public high school, it wouldn't have mattered if you had homeschooled me or if I'd gone to public high school, I'm still the unique one. And I still know, seem to know more than everybody else. And I seem to have the answers. And I said, that's because you came through me and because we ground this energy because I've never censored you. I've never stifled you. I've mm-hmm. always asked you, who are you from birth? I've always nurtured you. I mean, I brought my kids to East Steady Ranch at Mount Adams in Washington with James Gilliland in 2013. And we sky watched. And then we went back again a few years later. And James was just like, would you come here and teach kids yoga retreats? Could you teach like your kids are badass? Thank you. And I mean, like my middle child's part feline and they were, she at the time was Marissa. And she's like, the felines came down. One of the starships that James Gilliland was flicking the laser at. He's like, by the way, Marissa, that's a feline. And she's like, my people, take me home. And she never wanted to leave the ranch. And she's like, mommy, I feel so comfortable here. And I'm like, yep, this is, I mean, that was, that was my kids growing up years. We would go out for a walk at night, Elena, to go skywatch to go see how many ships we would see. Yeah, yeah. That was just our normal thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did our first, we, not our first Skywatch, but our first like official like weekend Skywatch this summer in August. And it was incredible to have Alex there and in the weeks and before and the weeks after just like bringing through all of these knowledge pieces and Dan's talking about stuff and Alex goes, nope, nope. They say like, that's not true. That's not accurate. Like just like giving these sort of corrections and like, it's like, it's nothing. And you just go, Oh, okay. Like this is what human beings are like when they haven't been censored, when they haven't been squashed, when they haven't been, you know, repressed for eight, 12 years of whatever. And, and raise or- them because when they, when kids hit 12 and the hormones start to kick in, mm-hmm. they, they shift, there's a massive shift and they be, start to become independent from you. And starseed kids are different than other, because I was a nanny for non-starseed children. I took care of a hundred kids over the course of eight years before I had my kids. Okay. And a bunch of them were starseeds, but a lot of them were not. And let me tell you, there's a big difference between starseed kids and non-starseed kids. The starseed kids are tapped in and they will go through very clear phases. And so you really want to get those six questions. You want to get that dialogue going on with your starseeds before they hit 12 and their hormones kick in. Because when their hormones kick in, the brain chemistry changes they don't always want to be up there as much anymore. My youngest, mm. he's, he's into astronomy now, but he went through a good, I would say, four-year phase where he was completely shut off from all that. He became a gaming addict. He, mm. didn't, he, was, he started eating fast food with his friends behind my back. He, they, got, they get very rebellious. Starseed kids get more rebellious than non-starseed kids. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And so before the age of 12, get them out there sky watching. Talk to them about color therapy. Talk to them about their chakras. Get them into daily meditation. My kids are practicing yoga because I'm a yogi. They were practicing yoga with me and Pilates with me. And they were my kids went through nutrition school with me because most of it was online. So while I'm learning about raw plant-based nutrition, they're learning about it as well so that they'd be completely educated. But yeah. My kids were practicing telepathy from the time they were really little. I yeah. was always, they were, they were talking with their spirit guides. I would say, why don't you, you know, go have a meditation, go sit down and talk with your spirit guides for a while. Let's go have quiet time with quiet time every afternoon. Yeah. Everybody had to go to their bed. You didn't have to sleep, but go talk with your higher self. Go talk with your spirit guides. Go see what kind of, you know, consoling or direction or whatever that you need. And they would, and they all still talk to their higher selves to this day. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's so incredible. Now you mentioned nannying and nannying starseed versus non-starseed kids. And like, what kind of differences did you see? Like, what was, what was human kids are slow. (laughs) (laughs) Human kids are slow. Um, They're, they like, they love all the human stuff and they're, yeah. I mean, really, they're definitely not vegetarians or vegans or into any of that. They're, they're slower. They don't get it. They have a much lower vibration. Um, I mean, they all, all the kids love me. I'm funny and fun. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm like a great person to be around kids. I'm a kid myself, but I'm really responsible. And the human kids, it was just like, okay, the starseed kids, they could read my field. The parents would leave and the kids would come up to me and they would say, let's talk about ghosts. I saw a ghost the other day walking down our hallway. What do you know about ghosts? Or, oh my gosh, I'm really into UFOs and I see a UFO above your head. What do you know about it? Hey, you seem like you're a Gemini to me. Are you a Gemini? Were you born in June? That's the difference is that as soon as the parents would leave, the starseed kids would look at me and say, I talk to my grandma all the time and she's standing behind you and she tells me you're psychic and that you can feel her. (laughs) 
I get that. Yeah. I mean, we met a little boy the other day and he, the first thing he said to me was like, do you ever dream about ETs? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I sure do. Thanks for pointing that out really clearly. I'm like, do you? He's like, yeah, usually I teach them things about earth. I'm like, that makes sense to me. Um, okay. So yeah, you can see that. I mean, and, it's, and it's very clear. And in your understanding, that's like really different than just like high levels of birth trauma in, in people. It's like, oh, they're not. Yeah, no, I mean, I have them high levels of birth trauma. I experience that with people all the time. I encounter that all the time with people, but with them, with people who have high levels of birth trauma, even if they're kids, they know that there's something different about them. They mm -hmm. will come in and say, and they're getting number signals all the time. I'm constantly seeing one, 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 two, 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 five, 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 seven, seven, seven. I don't know what that means. I'm confused. What did it start with? When did it start? I do the six things again. Always the six questions. It started, I think it started three years ago. What did you see? 1111. Okay. That's the awakening code. 1111 starting to yep. wake, wake you up. And then they'll start telling me they're seeing these patterns, but they're confused. And then when we do quantum hypnosis, we regress them. Usually when I'm asking, bring me to the key life where their trauma began. Mm. A lot of time they go back to their birth and their current life. Mm -hmm. And that's where we find the birth trauma. Yeah. yeah so, and it doesn't matter how old they are. So with starseed kids with birth trauma, same thing. They'll start, they'll give me some sort of psychic feedback, some sort of psychic verbal stuff. They'll mm -hmm. give me something like that but they'll feel like they're disconnected or they're cut off or I feel lost or I feel like I'm not a part of everybody. That's mm. one thing that you'll really find Elena with people who have birth trauma that are star seeds is they feel like they can't, they don't belong with people and they're mm. isolated. Mm. Okay. Whereas you don't, you don't see that as much with star seeds that are, don't have high levels of birth trauma. Interesting. No, star seeds that don't have high levels of birth trauma are going to start telling you about what their life is like in the Pleiades. Right. <laughs> and they're super confident too. Gills, right? Where are my fish gills? I totally miss that. Or where's my tail? My sister and I used to say, oh, don't you remember like we used to swim up to the beach with the tail? And as soon as you touch your tail on the sand, then you can change your tail into legs and then you can get up and walk into the wild. We used to talk that way all the time. I've met other kids who have told me that same thing. And they're like, I feel like I knew you there. Where is that place? I'm like, that's serious. <gasps> oh, yeah. And isn't there an ocean planet too? Yes, there is. I'm a dolphin there. That's, that's a starseed kid with no birth trauma. They right. have a level of confidence. They're not confused at all. They're yeah. very confident. And they're like, oh, my, my higher self told me, or my guides told me I can talk to you about all of this. You, you'll understand. Literally, yeah. I met an eight-year-old girl who said that to me in Los Angeles when I was nannying and her mom left. And she was like, my, my spirit guides told me that I can tell you all this stuff because you would understand. My mom is a light worker too. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I literally just met this girl and I'm like, okay, tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, Nina, I think is her name. And she, I sat down and she's just like, da, 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 da. Oh, and I have this life on the Pleiades and um, we're nine feet tall and we have olive skin and these really beautiful eyes. And I think you're there, but I know you from the ships. Oh, you know me from the ships, do you? Yeah, from the galactic ships. Okay, tell me about that. That's a confident, I'm yeah. here, I'm ready to go. Yeah. The thing that I do want to share here is that it's so important, and you know this, it's so important that we help all starseeds, whether they're children or adults, to get into the human body and be present and be here. Because mm. 
there is that common thing of, I just want to go home. I don't want to be here, Mm -hmm. but you wanted to be here. (laughs) You waited in line to get here. You just went through the veil of forgetfulness. You went into amnesia and you forgot, but, and you did that on purpose because it makes us all fresh and then you can learn something new. But I'm like, seriously, starseeds have to like be barefoot. Yeah. Yep. Outside, (laughs) go outside, do all your Wi-Fi stuff and then get out and walk in soil, get in nature and get in your body. Be your beautiful galactic self in the human because there is a galactic human that we are ascending into. The Mm. 5D human is the galactic human. Mm. And the starseed kids are here to help us that are older starseeds, they're helping us to remember that. That's one of the ways that they teach us. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we're here, like all three of my kids, it's really hard for them to be in their bodies. I'm in my body. They're having a hard time with that. They're way up here. And then they lose their keys and they wonder why. And they don't know if they ate two hours ago. And I'm like, all right, what was the last time you guys went outside? Shut off the devices. It's time to go outside. Go chop some wood. Go do something that's going to get you in your body because you came here to be physical. Yeah, came here to be human, came here to explore. Yeah. You did. You came here to be here. You came here to bring telepathy here. And when people go, oh, telepathy. This is the thing, Elena, is that I am very practical. And I make all of this practical because it is. Telepathy is practical. Levitation is practical. Bilocation is practical. Medical intuition is practical. It's normal. We're all supposed to have this. I just was born with mine more activated than others so that I could develop it more and teach how to do that. Right. Yeah. And, and it, was, it wasn't suppressed like we talked about, right? It's just like you were supported in that. And that's literally, you know, I talk on the podcast quite a bit about creating an enlightened generation. And it's like, we, we have the opportunity, like my generation in the eighties, like we're generally raised without physical abuse in the same way as people who were born in the sixties, fifties, forties, right? We were, we were spanked and it definitely had an influence. Spanked, beaten, like all sorts of deprivation thrown in your room, shut off from everybody else. I mean, I I mean, I had to go to church. Come on. (laughs) That was like the worst punishment. Also a form of torture to some people for sure. Um, That was like pure torture. I actually learned how to meditate in church because I had to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, I got to get out of here. I can't get out of here physically. I'm going to go up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But we we have these experiences. And and so, you know, this generation, like sort of people who are in their thirties are now birthing children. It's like, we have the opportunity to really create something different. We're working on more subtle levels. We're working on like emotional, spiritual, psychic, um, and, and not the physical abuse so much, but those other forms of abuse that we experienced, maybe not so much the physical, but the other things and just letting go of those going like, wow, I sound like my mom and all these things I'm saying, like, let's work on the ancestral trauma. Let's clear that all through and move into a more beautiful, more loving place. And yeah. when we when we can look to the kids to teach us about what they need and what they're wanting and what they're asking for, whether that's like Montessori model or whether it's just like intuitive parenting or conscious parenting, when we can receive that information from them, then we can offer back what they need and enlighten ourselves in the process. I don't know. I mean, my son came to wake me the heck up. I was like vastly asleep in my early twenties, vastly drunk, vastly asleep. Right. And it was like, mama, 
time to wake up. They do that. Our, our kids are our greatest teachers and that they, my kids have taught me how to let go. <laughs> and the ancestral lineage on both sides of my family is workhorse, work yourself to death, work hard, money doesn't grow on trees. You've got to give your life, give to the church, give to this, give to that, give, 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 give. And if you don't have your center, you're depleted. And my kids have taught me how to let go of my family lineage control, number one. My kids have taught me how to let go of my family's fear just by observing my parents who helped me raise my kids and just like looking at me and going, you know, you sound like Papa when you say that. <gasps> oh, shit. Do I really? I'm so sorry. And, and I'm like, I'll, you know, they've helped me to become really conscious of when I am behaving like my parents. And literally, I had to when my kids were a little bit older and the father walked out and left. I was like, all right, I'm going to throw out all the parenting that I've been doing to you guys, because what I've been doing has not been very nurturing to you guys. Mm. Like, okay. And I said, we're going to start fresh every day. And you, this is just parenting in general for no matter if you got starseed kids or human kids, but this is especially with starseeds parent, your children in the now Mm. present with them because they change very quickly. My oldest son, there's a lot of similarities to when he was very little, but he's completely different than when he was a teenager now. Mm. And when he was a teenager, he wasn't anything like himself when he was a toddler. Mm. My youngest child who's 17, he's completely different than he's ever been in any other point in his, his childhood. I, I'm just getting to know this one now. Completely unique. And I've watched him dramatically change. My middle child has dramatically changed because it went from a girl to a pan to a guy and it's their completely almost different personalities. And I've noticed this with star seeds more than the average human kid is that star will morph. They will just change. And they're like, they're shedding the snake skin very dramatically. And you have to do your parenting right here, right now. And you present with them and you have to ask them, you have to give them a lot more, discernment into being conscious in the moment. My middle child misses their curfew is out at some headbanger show and misses their curfew and they're 16 years old. And I'm like, Mars, I don't know how the hell to deal with this with you because this is the third time you've missed curfew and I'm your parent. I will worry about you. You have a girl's body, even though you want to have a male appearance, you still have a vagina. And others sense this about you. You're not particularly, that was before they were in testosterone. You're not particularly masculine, honey. You're particularly feminine. And I don't know how to help you. You Mm. tell me, what should I do? You're missing curfew. And I would like crying and Mars is going, I have issues with communication. I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. That's when we got down to that. I'm like, oh, and Mars is like, I'm afraid of just using my voice. I don't like Mm. the sound of my voice because my voice is feminine and I don't like that. And so I don't communicate at all. And Mm. it was a personal thing with you have to be that kind of parent with your starseed in particular, because they change so much. You're never going to know who you're dealing with. They're going to have so many different aspects of themselves coming in and they're so sensitive and their level of wisdom a lot of the time is way beyond yours. And so you have to ask them, 
How can I be a more supportive parent for you right now? What do you need from me right now for you to feel the most comfortable being you? How can I support you in a way that's going to meet your needs? Hmm. And my kids would just say, I just want you to love me. Just listen to me. Okay. I'm here for you. I'm loving you. I just need you to listen because I'm, I feel really insecure right now. Starseed kids have a lot of OCD. They, mm. they, they, they are, they'll, they'll call themselves having ADD and ADHD, which are made up terms with the medical establishment, but yeah. our kids will, they're going to have a lot more anxiety because their nervous system is so hypersensitive. They as souls vibrate way higher than these bodies do. Mm. So that's why the diet needs to be really clean and simple. Your kids, if they just like, if your kids just want to eat cucumbers and nothing else but cucumbers, please let them just eat cucumbers because they know better than you about their own body. That mm. means they need to be cooling. They need something that's grounding and soothing. Yeah. What's going on within them and they don't have an easy time communicating. Also with starseed kids, they are way more telepathic than we are. They're just naturally telepathic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Alex will eat. I mean, at one point he was eating like nine pounds of apples a week. Here he is. Hey, Patty. Hi, is- it's so good to meet you. Talking about you a bit. I have, I, I won't point, I was eating like, like nine pounds of apples a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get it. My kids, my, my oldest son was obsessed with apples when he was probably like six. Actually, when my kids were going to public school, they were going to a, a very focused option school, but he would only bring apples to school. He was, he was 14 at the time. And a volunteer parent at the school was seeing him eating with all of his friends and his friends were eating all the garbage food and he was just eating apples and she, and he's very skinny like I am. And she thought that he was malnourished. So she called the department of human services on me and sent a a caseworker and said, your son is really skinny. And he was seen only eating apples at school. Are you depriving him? Can we interview him to make sure that he's not a neglected child? And I'm just like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My kid's eating whole like organic fruits and you're being processed. Well, they were actually wild. We'd actually forage. We were foraging. And so they were wild apples that we got from a local orchard that we got for free. And they were so good. They were Macintosh and and we had just gotten them and he was obsessed with them because they were wild and they had all the enzymes his body needed and everything. And I literally invited the caseworker and I'm like, come and see our raw food kitchen. My kids are having smoothies right now. And she was just like, Oh my gosh. And she was so embarrassed. I'm like, who the heck reported me? She goes, I can't tell you by law. I'm like, Oh, you can't tell me by law who reported me, but you can come to my home and, and walk in and say, might you think my kid's being neglected because he was being seen eating four apples in a row at lunch. She's like, well, he wasn't eating anything else. Like, what do you say to that? You go, my kid's a starseed back off. <laughs> right. He knows better than you do about what should go into his body. And the caseworker, by the way, was 210 pounds. And I'm like, and, and so I said to her, I'm a nutritionist. And I said, let me ask you something. Can I help you with some nutrition? Because when we're this obese, and I said, and I'm doing this out of love. When we're this obese, you are malnourished, which is why you're eating all of the food that you're eating because you're not getting any nutrition in it. So you're actually starving. Yeah. And she was like, oh my God, thank you. She's like, I've been asking for a nutritionist for like over a year. (laughs) So one of my clients. 
and I helped her. And so she, yeah. So I'm like, you try eating four apples in a row and see how hungry you're going to be. And so she started and she's like, oh my God. Then she became obsessed with that, with apples. And then she's like, you're right. It's a, it's always an opportunity to educate people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're, if your starseed kid wants to just eat blueberries, my kids were obsessed with blueberries for a while. And that's like, that's my middle child. Yeah. Oh, aren't they good, Alex? They're so good. I'm going to get blueberries. It's going to go eat some right now. Blueberries are the highest level of protein in the fruit kingdom. They have the most absorbable protein and they got all that zinc for your skin and your hair. They're so good for you. I mean, you know, Elena, you just got to go, what in the hell happened when the industrial age kicked in? Lots of trouble. That's what. (laughs) Insanity. I don't know. I know. Totally. Yeah. Um, I want to check in. We could obviously talk for hours and I'd love to have you back and chat some more. <laughs> uh, I want to give you an opportunity before we wrap up to, to let people know about if you've got um, one-on-one work or courses or classes or anything like that, that you're running, uh, how people can reach out to you so that they can get more of this juicy goodness of your beautiful vivacity in their world. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I have a website, soniawilderwellness.com. I am on social media, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. Yes, I'm on TikTok. And it's the same thing, Sonia Wilder Wellness. And I'm also on YouTube, Sonia Wilder Wellness. And so you can book sessions with me. Quantum Healing Hypnosis, I call my sessions QHH Healing Through the Heart because we heal through feeling everything through our heart center. And this is where we want to live. This is your home, is your heart. So those are long sessions. And you can book those through my website. And then I have mini sessions that have nothing to do with hypnosis. The mini sessions are everything else that I do. Nutrition, wisdom, fasting, cleansing, counseling, and guidance, light language, clearings, and activations, which also do happen, by the way, in my hypnosis session. Um, Psychic mediumship, medical intuition, life guidance. And if you see me in person, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, you're in my area, Body work happens with that. I'm a body worker and I do psychic readings through reading your tissues as I work on you. Beautiful. Come on up and see. This is Moon. Oh, look. We got all the cute ones. Look at that little cute kitty. This is Moon and Moon's twin brother, Pluto. Come here, Pluto. Come here, honey. This is Pluto. They're fraternal twin brothers. Cute. They are. They're three months. Say hi, Pluto. Yep, these are my new fur babies because my other babies grew up and <laughs> I don't have any grandkids yet. Right, gotta wait a couple of years for the grandkids. I, I may never, it's okay. So anyway, that's where people can reach me and, um, and then I have a light community and you have to have a session with me before you can be a part of light community. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think, and I do a monthly webinar. So you can find all of that at my website, soniawilderwellness.com. Beautiful, beautiful. And if you had um, some words of wisdom for people who are just now realizing that they might have starseed kids, we're just starting that experience, what might those words of wisdom be? Listen to your children or your child. Listen to them. Validate what they tell you. Everything they tell you, even if you think they have a rich imagination, your imagination is your intuition. And your child is intuiting everything. Let your child show you how to parent them. Let your Mm. child show you how to parent them. Throw out 
all models. Be present with yourself when you're with your child and be present with your child. And you will have the most amazing relationship with your child. I mean, literally, when my oldest son took acid, he texted me in the middle of his trip and told me his entire experience. Beautiful. You will have that with your child when you are present with them and you accept them and love them and validate them for who they are. Mm, beautiful beautiful such good words of wisdom i'm so grateful for our time today um it's been an absolute pleasure to be in connection with you beautiful insights and thank (sighs) you elena so much this was really fun i I absolutely enjoy talking with you i can see why you and daniel are partners there's all i can see all the similarities it's really fun for me to uh to like work with couples separately and then see them together you guys are mm. a great family. It's so nice to meet you, Alex, finally. He's still in the room, even if you can't see him. I see him. <laughs> and I'm excited for your baby. Yeah. When, yeah. Are you, when are you due? Oh, it'll be spring, like March, April, somewhere in there. February, March, April, somewhere in there. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm so curious. I'm so mm-hmm. curious. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on whether we're having a boy or a girl reading? I get, I get the girl feeling. Definitely. I told you, but you got to look at your belly. So if you stand up, can I see your belly? Yeah, we'll do this. How do we do this? I'm going to get on there. Oh, it's maybe yeah, you look kind of watermelon. How, how many months are you? Mm, it's like 23 weeks, something like yeah, that. Yeah, you look kind of watermelony. I'm telling you, I, you. So girls will look like you swallowed a watermelon and the belly will start to hang down more and you'll have more of a slope on your belly. And then yeah. boys are all out because when you were, when you're pregnant with Alex, you were all out in front. Yeah. Yep. And they're like, you swallowed a huge beach ball. And so that, and it's a, it's a, total guarantee so just keep looking at your belly shape and as the belly as the belly starts to drop more and hang down you've got a girl and it's a guarantee it's yeah. never wrong and if, if if the baby if the belly starts going way out in front and gets really round and you get a nice shelf that you can literally just like have a tea mug sit on top <laughs> that's a boy yeah, with you. <laughs> now Alex what are you what are you feeling what what feeling do you get do you get it's a boy or a girl Wait. Alex really wants it to be a boy. He wants a little brother. I told him I keep going until he gets baby brother. You, Alex, you know, when I was talking with your dad, um, the last time, actually, because we only had two, two trades together, I saw that there was a girl first and a boy second. There's going to be three of you. And I saw that there would be both brother and sister for you. So we'll see if that's accurate. Yeah, we'll find out when we get there. You'll Any- find out when you get there. But I don't, I see this as being your second child. I don't see this being the last one for you. Oh, no. We got no. as many we, as we want to pop out or as my body will pop out before we hit the next yeah. phase. Randoms. It's, it's great for siblings to have each other. I'm really grateful that I had three. I wanted three. I'm the youngest of three because they have each other. And yeah. they're also unique. I've learned so much about myself through my three kids. And I've helped the planet by raising conscious kids. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids are not a problem in society. My kids are actually part of the solution. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's exactly what we want to do. I, I'm picturing that story you told about your son 
being the like the central hub of wisdom in his community home, right? It's just like, oh, like that's where people go when they want to have somebody wise to talk to. It, it is. And it's the same thing with my middle child, Mars. Mars is the center point of all of their friends. They have an online community of queer friends and Mars is the counselor for mm-hmm. all of their friends. And Kyan, my youngest, is like, he's like the clear quartz. He's very quiet and everybody gets around him and all of their negativity clears away. So they just call him the clear quartz. They all <sighs> want to be around him. He's super quiet and everybody feels better when they're around him. And mm-hmm. so he's focused from being the quiet one. All three of my kids are the focus of their of their world. And everybody, as soon as people meet me, they're like, as soon as Colby's friends meet me and they're like, oh my God, you're Colby's mom. Oh, I totally see. It. He looks just like me. And they're like, I totally see it. He's so wise. He's amazing. He's helped me so much. Thank you so much for raising him the way you did. He's incredible. His He's had two girlfriends so far. Both of them wanted a session with me. Both of them cried having a session with me and thanked me. And they're like, thank you for raising him the way you did. He's so loving and beautiful with females. And I just want to be with him. And I'm not good enough for him. They were not good enough for him. They didn't love themselves enough for him. He broke up with them. He's like, don't love yourself enough to be with me. And he's like, you're too shallow. (laughs) And then what that did was that that was the catalyst for them to start working on themselves. And both of them have communicated with him since he broke up with them and said, thank you so much. Like that was such a catalyst for me to learn to love myself more. Mm. Mars's friends, Mars has, I mean, Mars has had all the, this was like queer central, all of Mars's friends that are queer that were rejected by their family would come here. And this was a safe haven for them. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I mean, that's your, your kids are going to be the same way. Alex is definitely going to be the same that way. Yeah. Got <laughs> yeah. All that wisdom and all those blueberries in your stomach now. Uh-huh. So many blueberries. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sonia. We'll call it, we'll call it good for here for today. And thank you, um, Elena. glad to reach out and connect anytime you want. And thank you for, thank you for all your wisdom today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. I really loved this. Oh, I'm glad. Okay. We'll talk soon. We will. Ciao. Bye. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. How easily can you imagine that this experience is integrated already deeply into every cell of your being in such a way that you will begin to notice that you have already been operating from this new behavior for a while and that it was simply a matter of noticing how much you've already been doing this. You may choose to feel that this moment is the moment that completely and utterly into your body or in the days and weeks ahead getting curious about how fully and completely this experience has transformed your life realizing that you are a complete choice to choose how you would like to integrate this information into every cell of your being
Thank you so much for being a part of the Joygasmic Life podcast. And I am so grateful to have you here and be a part of it. If you haven't already, head over to joygasm.me to check out our Joygasmic Birth Blueprint ebook and course, which give you all of the information that you need to become a Joygasmic Mama, whether you are postpartum or whether you're expecting your first baby. This course absolutely has tips and tricks for you that will help prepare you for birth, prepare you for the birth of your next child, and prepare you for peaceful and joygasmic mothering on the other side. So absolutely the way that we do one thing is the way that we do everything and so by utilizing and beginning to build a practice of joygasmic alchemy you will absolutely become a better mother and hold space as i am and as many many women are for the enlightenment of the planet we do that first by working on ourselves and then offering that support and that enlightened nature within ourselves to our families and then from there it ripples out so if you haven't already checked that out go check that out now again it's joygasm.me we've also got courses on rescuing your relationship bulletproof mom how to be able to handle even the most intense toddler or uh, special needs child later on in life as well as a multitude of new courses that are coming out we're absolutely grateful to get to have you as a part of that and remember you anyone who participates in the funding of the podcast absolutely gets a membership access which allows you to access the bonus features the ends of some of our episodes exercises from our guests as well as featured free content from them so super glad to have all of you who are a part of that already here and thank you so much for being a part of the joygasmic life family if i could leave you with only one tip for how to be an orgasmic joygasmic mama in this world the invite would be to really step into and embody the knowledge that you are actually here for a reason and that that reason is to be an enlightened being for your family. They chose you for a reason. They chose you on this consciousness journey for a reason. And you absolutely have the tools and skills to be able to do this. If you're struggling, please reach out. I am more than happy to help people rewire what's going on in their brain, create a new story and create a more powerful experience so you can be the kind of mama for your kids that you really have dreamed of. You absolutely deserve it and your children absolutely deserve it. I look forward to getting to know you more and I look forward to co-creating through the membership content. Have a beautiful day and we'll see you on the next podcast.